is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Oh, looky there. We're alive. Hey, this is Allison Crow, and turns out I have an extra hour in my schedule, and so I wanted to share something with you. Let me double check make sure I'm not supposed to be on a call. Yeah, that's at 12. Okay. I want to share with you, and it's possible I may turn this into a podcast. Um, I hadn't really thought it through. Welcome, welcome. If you're here, I want to share what can happen when you allow yourself to fall apart. And I want to share this from a leadership stance. And I have so many thoughts about self-leadership and leading my people and then leading larger groups of people, like unofficially audience members during this time. And we're going on, I'm in the fourth week, day 29, I think, of isolation, except for I'm not isolated. My, my life honestly hasn't changed a whole lot. We just don't go out to eat. And I haven't seen my nephew. Um, but I have been really impacted by things that are happening to other people. That's been the biggest impact for me is just the emotional weight of it. And so growing up, none of my leaders modeled in an authentic way how to navigate difficult times. Uh, um, well, it might have been authentic to them. It didn't feel very fucking human to me. <laughs> and so I, part of my mojo for leadership is innate in how I identify myself as someone who wears their heart on their sleeve. Um, sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes it's not helpful. <laughs> Um, certainly when I was younger, it was a little more unrestrained and now it is, um, it is certainly untamed and wild and free, but she's also so much more mature and wise now. And I've made some mistakes in the past with my authentic in the moment, wearing my heart on the sleeve. And um, I've also learned a lot. And so I just want to share, actually, now that I'm on the other side of a process that happened the last couple of weeks, I wanted to share the benefit of it. And I, I want to, I've always wanted to be a leader that leads and shows up from a perfectly imperfect place. And... When I was on a team or had leaders or mentors that I was looking up to, I could not comprehend how the front of the, what, what I saw on stage did not match what was going on behind the scenes. And I would catch glimpses of what happened behind the scenes and 
as there's a saying, audio didn't match video. (laughs) And so I always just felt this like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. What you're standing on stage and telling us to do and be feels, I didn't know if it was true at the time, but it felt fucking impossible. It felt like, how do you exist in a world uh, like a machine? And I'm not a machine. (laughs) I'm actually learning to become more um, disciplined and routined and ritualistic. But man, my emotions and my thoughts are real. And I think yours are too. And we had, uh, so the the last week, um, the last week, many of you know that in the past and for a lifetime, I've struggled with chronic depression, not circumstantial, familial depression. And I really, in the last, since 2014, in the last four years, I have not struggled with depression. It's more been anxiety because I've learned how to feel. And for me, depression was depressing down my feelings. Um, it, It is a mental health issue. It is a diagnosable thing. I still take my meds for it. I, I take my meds. I do my own. Um, I work with coaches. I work with a therapist when I need to work with a therapist. And for the last four years, I've really been free of depression symptoms. I can think of one time when there were some circumstantial things that tri- you know tripped me up. But for me, depression, when I experience depression, it is like, it's so funny. Everybody's talking about weighted blankets right now. And I'll probably get an ad on Instagram and Facebook for one by just mentioning it. But for me, the experience of depression was this flat line. It's not a deep sadness. It is just this flat line, this heaviness, this thickness. Um, I can still function when I'm depressed. And I notice one of the things that I notice is, um, and this happened to me this weekend, and it happened to me Sunday and Monday, was when I want to sleep to avoid. I can feel the difference. I love sleep and I get a lot of sleep. I get a lot of sleep at night and I usually take a nap during the day. And so, um, and I'm, I'm really intuitively, physically, mentally, emotionally aware of what sleep is healthy for me and what sleep is not. In the last two days, I caught myself wanting, as I was laying down, not being tired, going, I just want to sleep so that when I wake up, it's over. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. And so now I know enough to know when those alarms go off for me that not I don't even want to say alarm. Alarm sounds too harsh. When that awareness arises for me. Mm, I just feel so much love for myself right now and for anybody else dealing with this. Um, when that awareness arises for me, I know how to manage it. And so when I have that awareness, I begin, I I know now that when I'm wanting to escape something is actually when I need to dive into it. And so um, this last week, in addition to the flatness, um, in addition to the flatness, I have been fucking pissed off. 
I have been so full of judgment and anger. I have wanted to hit people, not people in my life. This is what's so funny. My life in this little cocoon in our house is fine. My husband and I are getting along miraculously well. Um, We're doing our thing. We walk our dogs. We make our meals. We watch our shows. We walk our dogs. We make our meals. We watch our shows. But I have wanted to fucking punch somebody. I have wanted to punch people I know. I have wanted to punch people I don't know. (laughs) I have felt so much anger. And I know enough and have done enough work to recognize that awareness and kind of go, what is that really about? And so I've done a few posts about like my judgment of other people. So, So number one, judging other people and making up my mind about them is a way for me to outsource what I'm feeling and feel in control. Right. If I make up a story about some stranger on the inner fucking webs, about the president, about other leaders, then I'm not having to look at my own stuff. Do you see that? That's how human behavior. I think human behavior is amazing. I I, I also had this as a little random scroll trail right here. Like I went to I went to college for psychology and I made a D in psychology and so I quit. And yet this is what I'm doing with my life. I'm doing psychology with my life. So I love human behavior and I, I and the best specimen for human behavior is myself. I see it in my clients all the time, but I am the best specimen for my own life. You are the best specimen for your own life. And it's so easy to make up opinions about others. And so I've learned, like when I'm feeling really strong about somebody else, I've learned to reflect on myself. (laughs) What's going on in Allison? It feels really good to be an owner. And I'll tell you the truth, it gets really difficult on the, on the becoming an owner. The becoming is, is fraught with a lot of shadow. But in the past, so this is another thing I noticed. Um, I'm an Enneagram 7. On the disc profile, I'm an ID. And so I have, uh, my unconscious personality wants to feel good. She wants to be liked, right? And, and I had a teacher once <laughs> that used to teach, everybody wants to look good and be liked. Everybody wants to look good, feel good, and be liked. And one of the things I know about every client session I've had, over 30,000 of them in the past 16 years, is that everybody wants to feel good. Whatever you want, whether it's money, career, family, love, um, people want to want to feel good. Anything you want, if you go, well, why do you want that? Well, why do you want that? Well, why do you want that? It's because we want to feel good. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I think I'd like to feel like shit today. And um, the DISC profile is a personality profile. It's a framework. All those are frameworks. Actually, we have an episode coming out. I don't know if it'll be before or after this one, maybe after this one, um, with my client, Randy Redoul, who uses um, a, a assessment called Spark Lumina. And she talks about how it's a framework. So it doesn't necessarily define your truth, but it gives you a framework to see how you work in relationship to the world. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of Enneagram seven and high I and high S and high D clients. And Enneagram 7, Enneagram is another framework. And um, of course, I know the Enneagram 7 because I am an Enneagram 7. I have really healed a lot of my seven tendencies. Um, If you really knew me, you would know that what set it off was this 
intersection of my parents' stories I made up about how they should be living their their life and money and politics when Trump got elected. And that intersection broke me wide open in the most beautiful way. It was really painful. But for the first time, I really allowed myself to feel. And when uncomfortable things came, I began to own them. So this is in 2016, 2017. And I began to own my projections at a much greater level. So back to this week, um, you know, I noticed, I could feel it. I could feel that I was like fucking pissed off at so-and-so. And And I, I found myself, I think a week ago, I posted something on Instagram where I shared with my coach and my mastermind colleagues that my win for the week is that I did not pick a fight online with anybody. Because I have felt very punchy lately. And that is my manifestation of grief. When I was a child, oh my gosh, I'm just making this connection live and in the moment. Thank you for here who are listening and watching um, and for commenting. And for those who will, this will be a podcast. It has to be. Um, Rage was an uh, rage was modeled in my house, and rage was more appropriate to feel than sadness. I love you, Dad, and I know you are doing the best. But hearing "stop that crying bullshit" really, I you know, is no one ever said stop saying fuck you. <laughs> no one ever said stop raging. They said stop crying, and so that's fascinating insight. I've had it before, but just bringing it to the room right now, I have so much compassion for myself. And so, of course, um, you know, there's a short story and then there's the long story. And part of the long story is that um, being left by my first husband triggered a lot of fear. And so I went into my second marriage with a lot of fear and how I handled fear for a very, very long time was rage. Rage, 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 rage. And and there was a moment in my marriage with my current husband where I realized my rage was out of control. My husband realized my rage was out of control. And so I began to slow the fuck down and check in. And I remember having an argument with Bill where my rage was coming up and I, I was like, hold on. And I went back and I sat down. I, you know, he was like, don't leave. Cause a lot of times when I would fight, if I wasn't fighting, I was fleeing. And so I went into um, the bathroom and I shut the door and I took a breath for myself. And it was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. And some, I don't even know what we're fighting about. I said, what am I afraid of? And I realized what I was really afraid was being left. And I thought, well, what might he be afraid of? I I couldn't assume, but I, you know, what might he be afraid of? And so I got that in my mind and I went back out and I said, sorry, I'm acting that way. I think deep down, I'm just terrified you're going to leave. And his shoulders dropped and he was like, I'm not going to leave you. And it was, and he said something about like, we can fight without me leaving. And it just, just being able to express what I was afraid of instead of what I was pissed off about was huge. It was huge in our relationship and it's still huge now. And so I do know this principle underneath anger is desire. What do I want? Right. And so this leads me, I, you know, yesterday morning we had, we have business calls on Monday from 11 to 1230 with my amazing clients. We come and I was bringing them back to in soulful success, my membership coaching program. We have kind of a framework. And I was like, you know what? Today is a good day to go back to basics. Here are the six basics and let's go back to the basics. 
And I also had a, you know, I wasn't totally centered. I was in a little bit of my pissy self. I'm always my authentic self with them. Um, but I was pretty fierce on the coaching call. And I told him, I said, this is not directed at you, but I have passion and I have fire today. And, um, you know, we're all grappling with whatever this is. And we had the call. It was a great call. I got a lot of good feedback. But afterwards, I felt like all day long, I was really working to not judge myself and I was feeling the heaviness. And so what I know is happening is like, oh, I'm coming down to, to meltdown phase, right? And what's interesting, so what came up on the call with many of my Enneagram sevens, thank you for tracking with me, even though I speak in circles sometimes, what came up on the call was so beautiful is I do have a few clients that are Enneagram seven. I literally, am holding their hands and we're walking this path together and I'm a half a step ahead of them. Some maybe a little, and it's not about above or behind, but some of them literally right now, they are holding on to their positivity so tight, it's harming them. And in the coaching world, we're always taught to not be a victim and not be a complainer. And yet what I know that literally healed a lifetime of clinical depression was learning the skill of feeling in a sacred and holy way. (laughs) But we aren't taught that. Most of us have not been taught how to feel our difficult feelings. Some people call it processing emotions. Like we have emotions. They just fly off the handle. And so I, yesterday, as I was just being, I didn't write about it. I didn't do any fucking fancy process, but I just realized I feel sad. What do I feel sad about? Um, I felt white guilt. I felt guilt about being successful. My March and April, I made $55,000 the last week of February and the first week of March. I felt really guilty about that. And I felt pissed that I couldn't celebrate that. Not out loud, but I was like, oh, I shouldn't celebrate that. Everybody else is losing their fucking jobs. Um, And so that took me down. um, I have a a, a client slash colleague slash friend that is, um, she works with white women and their racial stuff. And I actually asked her a question. I was like, have I fucked up anywhere about race on this call? Let, you know, have conversations and... um, And so I kind of went down, you know, part of my sadness yesterday was not sadness about my own life, but I was sad. I'm sad that um, this is really affecting poor and black communities. And yes, it, 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 uh, COVID-19, like rich people and leaders are getting it too, but they have amazing fucking healthcare. (laughs) And I'm not saying they can't die, but it's not the same, y'all. It's not the same when you have to keep, it's like the bus driver that had to keep going to work and people are coughing in his face and then he ends up dying. And we don't know all the statistics about that, but I was feeling the societal stuff. And yes, people say, well, you shouldn't watch the news. I just think that's so fucking stupid. I I judge you for saying that. I don't know what the right answer is, but I know sticking my head and pretending shit doesn't happen doesn't make things better. And so I've got to learn how to manage paying attention to what's going on in the world around me and, and 
using my resilience to process of fucking emotions. Can you tell I'm still pissed? Yes. I just, I'm so pissed at positivity culture. And yet today's podcast is going to end on a truly up full, up full. It's going to truly end on an up note. What can happen when you allow yourself to fall apart? And so talking with my clients yesterday, there were three or four of them that like, I can feel myself just pressing and pressing and pressing down all my feelings. And I was doing the same thing. There were such great mirrors for me and hopefully I was a good mirror for them. And so we talked about that. Like, how can we feel? Can you go into the shower and just allow yourself to cry and let the water pour over you? Can you, um, is there any practiced, I have a, uh, we did a podcast a while back um, with Kristen Kaczynski, who does emotional processing. And every single day, every single day is a part of her process. She's a master at emotional processing. And she goes in and puts pillows on her bed and creates this safe space away from her child. She's actually teaching her child to do this, who's 12 or 13 now. And she takes a baseball bat. And even if she doesn't feel it, she just starts beating the shit out of her pillows and her bed until the emotions come up and she takes this colossal emotional dump. And I told my clients, I cannot believe I'm saying it publicly, but what the fuck? I told my clients one of the weird things that has happened to me over the last five weeks is I have experienced constipation. I don't ever experience constipation. I kind of, you know, I kind of have always taken pride in the fact that my bowels and internal system work like a fucking champ. And all of a sudden, I have had this constipation. And people are like, here's how you heal constipation. I know how to heal constipation. I really do. I know all the things. I know the herbal things. I know the food to eat. I know how to do it. And what's happening is my body is telling me, you're constipated. And it's not with poop. It's with emotions. And so I want to pose the question to you. Are you constipated with emotions or are you able to move them through in a healthy way? We all know that taking a glorious regular poop is healthy. We all know how good it feels. I guarantee you, my old leaders would never, ever had mentioned the fact that they poop, but everybody poops. There's a book about it. And we all know this is a universal truth. It feels so good to be able to poop healthy poop. Well, what if it felt good to have to feel all your emotions? So a couple of things we discussed was that, you know, my clients that were shoving this stuff down said they they said, I am afraid of the fear. And so um, I had this amazing quote. It was like, the fear of feeling the fear is worse than the actual feeling of fear. You're already in, you're already thinking fear if you're shoving it down. You just haven't allowed it. So literally, it's already in your system and you are letting it clog your emotional colon if you don't know how to release it. And so we talked about like, that's the thing. Like, can you imagine being terrified to poop and you would just hold it in? <laughs> um, and so that's the thing. It's like, oh, I'm so afraid to feel this feeling. And yes, Kelly, our bodies are so wise. And not only can our bodies, you know, process our bowel movements, but our bodies actually know how to feel fear. And so yesterday... 
I'm still, you know, I'm ruminating slowly. And I was thinking, God, I really need a meltdown, but I couldn't force a meltdown. Um, really need a meltdown. And then my client, who's also my friend, I shared with my girlfriends. I was like, uh, I shared with my coach. I was like, I'm actually experiencing some clinical depression and I trust my process. I've been doing this for long enough that I actually know how to work my process to get back to function and to get back to health. So I am, I'm really proud of that. For me, depression is no longer a hole I can't get out of. It's a hole I allow myself to be in for a little bit of time. I shared with my girlfriends, that was one of the things I do when I'm actually experiencing a clinical depression, I let somebody know. And part of that is better out than in. And so I let my girlfriends know they were sweet, super supportive. I let my sister know. And last night, as I was sitting down to watch Better Call Saul with my husband, um, I got a text from a client my client that does race work. She's been a client before, but she's actually new to soulful success. And she said, today was such a gift to me. And I started to write back and I was like, oh, I have to be coach. And then I wrote back and said, can I write back as friend instead of coach? Well, first of all, that is a major no-no in coaching. Like it's called, um, it's called role reversal. But I recognized in that moment, my client, and I'll go ahead and tell you who she is, Sarah Alvarado, is not just a client, she's a peer, she's a friend, and she has the capacity to let me coach her when it's appropriate. And I just knew there was something important about coming out to her because she was in the room, right? So my friends and my coach aren't in the room with me as a leader. And yesterday I was feeling really insecure about how I was leading. I don't want to lead. You know, I was I was comparing myself to what I should be, how I should be this glorious, happy, fucking positive leader and not be pissed off and not be fierce. I should be neutral. I should not take things personally. And I wasn't that way on my call yesterday. Um, and yet it was a great fucking session because they always are. And so I just told her, I, I can't even remember what I texted her. And I started to text her something and she picked up the phone and she called me. And the second I heard her voice, I just started sobbing. <laughs> And then while I'm sobbing, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be sobbing. And I told her, I was like, Sarah, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm your coach. She goes, fuck that. You're my friend. I know you. That's what she said. I know you. And she does know me. And what I loved about that moment is that she gave me and I gave me permission to be the human being, Allison, not the coach, you know, the human being. And... I don't even remember, I, I talked to her about my feelings of shame, of success right now. I talked to her about my feeling of sadness for what's going on about me. I just got it out. And so a little bit of talk therapy and a little bit of just emotionally crying. And then at one point it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And she finished her dog walk and I put the phone down and then my friend Kay called. My friend Kay is alone. She's she's single and she lives alone. And so she's on day 30 of this. Um, it's truly isolation for her. And so we had a fun talk and she told me Kay normally has her shit together. And she was, she I was bitching at my dogs and she was bitching at her dogs. I said, oh, so your dogs are bugging the shit out of you too? And she's like, totally. I had to pick up a whole bunch of dead bunnies today. She has terriers and they're always killing the baby rabbits in her yard. And we had the best laugh about how fucking cunty we both were. 
And I needed another leader to be bitchy with me. And it felt so nice to not be alone. And I realized how much pressure I put on myself in this mask of perfection. And I, I realized it might not be for some people. I have this, I have this memory of a client telling me, I can't have a coach that struggles with depression. And we talked about it. And she was like, you, you, I, I have to have a coach who has all her shit together. And I was like, well, it ain't me. <laughs> and I'm still a really good coach. And so what I noticed after the meltdown was the sense of lightness and the sense of possibility. And instead of being emotionally constipated, I felt like there was a blank slate for possibility. And then sure enough, timing comes across. My Facebook feed, there was um, a video of my friend Jason Goldberg. And Jason Goldberg and I um, used to be a little closer than we are now. And I used to see all his stuff and interact with him on a regular basis. And I haven't seen him in a while. And he showed up yesterday and there was something that was like, I don't normally do this. Here's my prayer. And so he did a short, um, he did a short video about a prayer he had written in his journal. And I cried all over again, but I cried from a different place earlier I cried because I was just allowed myself to feel the collective sadness. I allowed myself to grieve over the things I have lost. I allowed myself to just feel all the feelings. Um, and when I cried about Jason's prayer, a lot of Jason's prayer was about gratitude. And I cried because I began to remember who I was. And I get, began to remember the gratitude. And so I watched every last second of Jason's post and um, I said that prayer alongside of him. I thanked him for that prayer. And then we went to watch three episodes of Better Call Saul. And as we turned off the TV and I cuddled my dog and I foot cuddled my husband because the dog is between us and I began to try to get comfortable in bed, I talked myself to sleep with prayers of gratitude. I'm grateful for my sheets. I'm grateful that my dogs are in this bed. My husband is in this bed. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for clean water. I'm grateful that I already work from home. I'm grateful for my clients. I'm grateful um, for clean laundry. I'm grateful for a thing of vegetables that was delivered to my door at 6 a.m. this morning. I'm great. You know, all these things I was grateful for running water for just the simple things. And I fell asleep to that. And then I woke up this morning and I felt that heaviness <laughs> again. I was like, Oh, hello, heaviness. And so when I feel that heaviness, I really listen in. And sometimes it says sink into it. And today it said, Nope, get up. So I got up. I got dressed, put on my makeup, although it doesn't look like I have very much on um, in the video. And I walked my dog and um, I listened to an episode of Brene Brown's podcast and I made my bed. It's actually Bill's turn to make the bed, but I made the bed. There was something about making the bed this morning. And then I remembered it was a full moon and I came into my office and I haven't pulled cards in forever. Um, I lit my candles. Um, so MA gave me a birthday candle. I lit that. I lit another candle. I, I wiped down my desk and my my stuff, I tidied up my area and I pulled a card for myself from the full moon deck. 
just because it's full moon and full moon is a really good time to release something. It's a really great time to take a big emotional shit, you guys. And, um, I, I didn't have to make a list. I didn't have to do any of that. I just pulled a card and the card for me today was the spider card. You weave your reality. And so I did a post earlier about it. It's like, I love forgetting who I am. I love when I get consumed by the quicksand of my mind. It doesn't feel good when I'm doing it. (laughs) But after I digest it and move through it, I feel amazing. And what I love is that today, because I cleared that out of my system and I honored it like it was holy and I gave it to sacred people, I didn't just do it alone. I didn't just do it alone. And too many leaders, I think, are doing this alone. I have lots of support, but sometimes it's like, oh, I can allow support in these areas, but what about this area? Because I'm afraid of being seen as falling apart. And yet, whenever I fall apart, gold arises from that. And if we could honor the sacred price, now I think there is a, you know, there's a way to fall apart that's healthy. You don't want to fall apart on somebody else at somebody else's expense. You don't want to be harmful to yourself or others in falling apart. And yet falling apart led me to remembering who the fuck I am this morning. And so, yeah, I still have a little fierce and a fire, but my fierce now is not out of desperation like it was yesterday. It's out of determination. And so I asked um, three people this morning. I asked my little sister if she wanted me to pull a card for her. And I asked my friends, Tracy, Lee, and Tiffany. And so I pulled a card for each of them. And when I pulled Tiffany's card, I did not post this one, but when I pulled Tiffany's card, two cards came out. And I was like, oh, two cards, Tiffany. And as I was sharing with her what her cards meant, her second card was this lion. And it says, I am courageous, steady, and strong. And I really heard very loudly and thickly in my chest, very warm in my chest, that this card was for all of us. It was for all of us. It was for you too. And I I shared something yesterday about intentionally being, actually being intentional in your life and in your business. And um, that card is for us. I am courageous. I am steady and strong. And what I love today, and so I put these two cards up. I have a little pencil holder on my desk. And so I put these two cards up and all the pieces started clicking. And that's why I came on live and to record this podcast with you guys. I am the weaver of my reality and I am courageous and steady and strong. And and by not being courageous and steady and strong, I re-became it. Forcing myself to not feel only created constipation that was painful, frustrating. My husband was laughing at me. He was like, why are you going back and forth to the bathrooms? And I was like, walking helps. (laughs) We have one tall commode and one short commode. And I was trying out both to see which position would be better. But it was miserable. But once it was clear of my system, now there's space to create. Now I can truly be the weaver of my reality. And I am courageous, steady, and strong. And so I have a hypothesis and a place that I teach from with my clients. We often talk about this um, model 
Um, I'm showing it. I know you can't see it on the podcast. Don't go write some shitty fucking review because you can't see it. Use your damn imagination. That person, I'm sure, doesn't listen to my podcast anymore. So what I'm holding up is this pad of paper that says C-T-F-A-R. C stands for circumstance. Thought stands for... T stands for thought, F stands for feeling, A stands for actions, and R stands for results. And we can use this process as a simple tool to kind of create the results we want. And one of the things that happens when, when I, this is one of the first things I've learned in coaching. I've had many coaches share it and teach it with me. Somebody asked if they could use it and they were like, you'll all use your branding. I was like, you can have, you can make it your own. I don't own that shit. Um, and what I see people do is they go straight to change your thought, change your thought, change your thought, and you'll change your reality. And what I see, especially coaching recovering overachievers who are really fucking good at changing their thought and bypassing their feelings, is what happens is when we go straight to changing our thought, we recognize the thought that causes our feelings. But what happens is when we recognize our feelings, we're really only recognizing them mentally instead of feeling, actually feeling the sensations. And so F is not just like, you can, you can write down sadness, but what are the sensations of sadness? <laughs> the quivering lip. The sweat under my armpits, the tears at the back of my eyes, the clenching in my jaw. What is the sensation? And so what I notice is like, yeah, we identify the feeling, but all we're doing is identifying it with our thoughts. And then we go to change our actions and we go to change our results. And that's not sustainable. That causes burnout. That causes your body to shut down. And so what I would love, I, I can't control what other people do, but what I do in my work is I will honor and teach you how to feel. I will hold a space for you to feel. I will not let you stay in your shit. And that's what my clients told me. They said, if I feel it, I'm afraid I'll stay there. And do you know that we we can... We can learn how to do this and that if you allow yourself to feel it, it actually passes through. Once you take the, th the feeling and really what you're doing, we, we use this phrase in my coaching sometimes, I need to do it a little bit more often, is like, I'm thinking sad. I'm thinking rage. Great. What does rage feel like? It feels like I want to fucking punch her. <laughs> like it feels, it feels like I just want to bite my bottom lip off. I told my friend Kay, I was like, I just want to shove people. I just want to go up to him and do this. I'm going to punch him. I want to take both hands and I don't really want to punch him because I have long nails and that might hurt me and I'm afraid of breaking my hands, but I could do a two-handed shove. I, could, I feel like doing two-handed shoves and I feel tightness in my jaw and I feel my tongue pushing up against my teeth and I feel grit in my belly and I feel tension from my shoulders to my hips and rawr, that's how I, that's my sensations. <laughs> feels really good to feel it, right? And you start, and I'm laughing now because I actually was feeling a little bit of rage. And when I start to bring it into the sensations and maybe even I overanimate it, what happens is it begins to move through my body. And then it's like, oh, that was useful. But staying in it isn't useful. And so a lot of people are afraid, if I feel this, I'll never get out. 
if I feel this, I'll never get out, but it's actually the opposite. If you allow yourself and can learn how to feel, you will get out. That's actually what gives you out. And instead, we're all often hovering at constipation, especially super spiritual and super coachy people. <laughs> right? It's like super spiritual, super coachy. And then it's like people that have no awareness and they vomit out their emotions on other people and abuse people. And, and there is this place of learning these emotional skills and today, after working through my messy process, I, it's not something I can like, oh, I think I'm going to trademark this shit and sell it all to you. It's a way of being and learning and moving. And then when I see my circumstances, I do not have to ignore my circumstances anymore, or I don't have to overconsume. And the circumstances are neutral. The circumstances are what the circumstances are. This just is. It is the isness of it. And until I've actually felt what I was feeling was the sadness and the rage and the grief, the grief, the grief. I was feeling grief. It's so much easier to feel sadness and rage. I was sad. I was grieving. Until I allowed that moment. And maybe it's not done. <laughs> I feel pretty fucking clean today. But until we feel that, any me trying to go forward is artificial. It's um, disabled. I don't know. It's probably not a, a term, but it's, it's not fully abled. And so what I feel today after having gone through those processes, I feel clear. I feel resilient. I feel able because I let myself fall apart. It was messy, but it didn't hurt anybody else. It was witnessed, it was processed through, and there was wisdom. Even if it was ugly, there was wisdom. And so really, was it ever ugly? No, it was fucking beautiful. What can happen when you allow yourself to fall apart? It's not easy. It's not easy to watch somebody fall apart, but if we didn't judge it, and we allowed it as a process, on the other side is actually ability. It's actually the resilience. And so today I feel resilient. I feel like this lion. I, I feel like this lion. I'm courageous, steady, and strong. I feel, I don't feel like a warrior. I don't, I don't feel like I have to fight coronavirus. I don't have to fight my grief. And I get it that sometimes feeling fight, it's easier to fight than it is to feel. But once I felt it, I feel capable of taking the next right step. I feel clear. I feel creative. I feel lighter. I feel gratitude for what I do have. One of the things I researched yesterday when I was researching white guilt was that white guilt is not helpful in helping racism. Uh, you know, and my, my client friend expert in, in racism, I was like, I'm feeling all this white guilt. And, and instead of her saying it's not helpful, she said, then feel it. <laughs> and so I felt the guilt. And once I felt it, 
it was like, okay, I feel guilty that I'm really successful right now. I feel guilty that I'm not dying. I feel guilty that I'm not in New York City. And once I felt it, instead of pushing it away, it was like, okay, that, that's, that's good. And now what? And now what? And now what? And I couldn't feel, and now what? Until I'd felt the guilt. And so there is a, a, a reason. I think there's a chapter in Ecclesiastes. There's a time, it's a both and. This has been my theme. Camp Starheart, that's one of the things I'm grieving, was supposed to be April 22nd through 25th. And we had to, to postpone it till who knows when. And it's both and in Ecclesiastes, that, that verse is like there's a time and a season for everything. And so, yes, there's a season for us to be warriors, but even a season for the warrior to have the meltdown. I'm remembering um, a, a thing my uh, former colleague and a coach I've hired in the past, John Morgan, John P. Morgan, sends us this thing. And he talked about folding steel and fold it. The way supposedly they make swords is they take the steel and they stretch it and they fold it and they stretch it and they fold it. And they're basically breaking it. And the more they break the steel and it's not broken like Literally, but the more they fold it, they stretch, they get it hot and they stretch it and they fold it on each other, kind of like you're folding dough, right? But the more they fold the steel, the song, stronger the sword is. They don't just mold the steel and make something strong. And I'm tired of seeing that in the coaching community. I'm tired of, you know what? I'm really tired of putting that on myself. <laughs> Frankly, there's, there's my projection. I'm tired of making myself be strong instead of allowing myself to be folded over and over and over and over again. And so what I commit to today is both being the um, weaver of my reality and I'm willing to be folded over and over and over and over and over again because that is my process of becoming. And if that means that I actually become, we always say more is not better, better is better. That's the theme of this show. Better is actually breaking down to breakthrough, breaking down to breakthrough, breaking down to breakthrough. Learning how to break down in beautiful ways. In messy ways, they're always messy. <laughs> they're not controlled, but surrendering control. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on to the podcast, I see a lot of comments. I'll go back and read those. I do have a coaching call with my coach in 10 minutes and mama needs to pee. Um, if you would like to become a member of Soulful Success, my doors are open. Uh, I'm not doing any hard selling right now, but you can go to coachwithallison.com and become a member of Soulful Success. You can become a member of a community where there is live business coaching on Mondays and live life coaching on Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays. And uh, there is community and support and there is live coaching for me and I will hold space for both your warrior, your creative, your difficulty to feel, and your overfeeling. Not, not, I take that back. I don't want to say overfeeling and for you to feel it all. I can teach you how to begin to process your emotions so that you can get back into creating the life you love. Um, coachwithallison.com. $222 a month. Pretty fucking economical. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. Thank you. 
always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.